Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. You know, burning the ships and following Jesus is not easy. It's certainly not for cowards. It requires courage. What does it mean to burn the ships in your commitment to following Christ? I want you to notice that for a Christian, burning the ships involves four aspects of our lives. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffers. When you say you're going to burn the ships, it means that you're going all in for whatever decision you're making, and you're cutting off any other path of retreat. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shows us how to be all in for God by sharing Jesus' four tips for burning your ships. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome to Pathway to Victory. Have you ever watched someone bring a small boat into the harbor and pull up to the dock? There's a tricky moment when a sailor steps from his floating vessel onto the dock that can be quite precarious. You see, you can't have one foot in both worlds, one in the boat and one on the dock. Not for long, at least. One little slip and kerplunk, into the water you go. Well, that's a good metaphor for life, and it sets the stage for today's topic as well. But before we begin, remember that time is running short to request your copy of my book that coincides with this month's series. The book and the series are called Choosing the Extraordinary Life. I've written this book to help anyone who's ready to break out of a mundane and predictable life and into a life that's exciting and filled with purpose. When you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, you can request your hardcover copy of my book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life. It comes with a practical life application guide with discussion questions for every chapter. Now, in addition, I'd also like to send you a copy of The Elijah Map. And in this six-panel brochure, I'll show you the key moments and places of Elijah's life and ministry. There's no cost when you request a copy of the Elijah map at ptv.org. Now, let's return to our study of the fourth secret for living a significant life, and that is learning to burn the ships. I titled today's message, Jesus' Four Tips for Burning Your Ships. Last time, we began looking at the fourth secret for success and significance, and that is deciding to burn the ships. There comes a time in our relationship with God when we have to burn the ships, when we have to decide whether or not we're all in, a time when we cut off any possibility for retreat. We saw that Elijah did that with the people of Israel. Last time we were with the prophet, he was on top of Mount Carmel. He had Ahab and Jezebel, the evil king and queen. The prophets of Baal, the people of Israel were there. And he issued his own burn the ships challenge. Remember 1 Kings 18, 21? And Elijah came near to all of the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him with a word. Last time, we looked at four possible responses to God's call to burn the ships. One was Elijah's response. His response to that challenge was to be faithful and fearless. He 
He moved forward in his commitment with God. But secondly, there was Obadiah. Remember Obadiah? He was the secret servant. He served King Ahab. He was the chief of the palace, but he was a private follower of Jehovah. He was like people today who are faithful, but they are fearful. They think they will just go under the radar in their commitment to Christ. A third response was that of evil King Ahab. How did he respond to this uh, challenge to go all in in your commitment to God? He was both faithless and fearless. And that is, when he heard the challenge, he only hardened his heart more against God. Today, we're going to look at the final response, and that was of the people themselves. They were faithless, but they were also fearful. Elijah said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? That word hesitate in Hebrew is a word that literally means to hop, to hop. And so the Israelites were hopping between both gods, between God and Baal, and their feet were firmly planted in midair. And so Elijah says, you can't do this any longer. It's time to make up your mind. If Jehovah is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. Actually, what Elijah was saying was not unique. Hundreds of years earlier, Joshua, the successor to Moses, when the people had entered into the promised land, he said, you've got to make up your mind. Are you going to serve the gods of Egypt? Or are you going to serve the one true God? It's time to make up your mind whom you're going to serve. You know, Jesus said the very same thing. Jesus issued his own burn the ships challenge. Turn over to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 25. Jesus leaves no room for a half-hearted commitment. He requires those who are really his disciples to be all in. Look at what he said in verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. This is the call for all in discipleship. What does it mean to be all in? What does it mean to burn the ships in your commitment to following Christ? I want you to notice that for a Christian, burning the ships involves four aspects of our lives. First of all, to burn the ships means getting your priorities straight. Getting your priorities straight. Turn back to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, beginning with verse 18. Jesus' ministry was gaining more and more followers. Everybody wanted to get on the Jesus train, especially after he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And look at verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side. And a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. That is, Jesus, before you leave, I want to get on your bandwagon. I want to be a follower. Now, Jesus' reply was very unusual. He said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What? What does that have to do with my desire to follow you, Jesus? What are, what are you talking about? Notice Jesus neither encouraged or discouraged this man from following him. He simply said, you've got to understand what it's going to mean to follow me. Jesus wasn't saying I'm homeless or penniless, never, but what he was saying is, I go wherever God 
directs me to go. And if you're going to follow me, you've got to be willing to do that as well. And notice to another man here what it involved. Verse 21, and another one of the disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. Whoa. All this guy wanted was a little time to go to his dad's funeral. Jesus said, no, you're going to follow me? The train's leaving right now. Get on board. Let the dead bury the dead. Now, there's nothing wrong with attending your father's funeral. But notice sometimes getting your priorities straight means not just choosing between good and evil. It's choosing between what's good and what's better. And to follow Christ sometimes means choosing what is better over what is good. You know, my uh, old mentor, Howard Hendricks, was really the pioneer in talking about the Christian family. He started talking about the family before anybody else did back in the 1950s. Nobody was in Christianity was talking about your family and how it aligns with God's word. But I remember before he died, he said to me, he said, Robert, I'm afraid Christians are making a fetish out of the family. We may be focusing too much on the family because we have come to the idea that doing what's best for your family should be paramount to everything else, including following Christ. Oh, it's the family. It's the family. If there's a conflict between you know, the family and the church, we're going to choose the family, the family, the family. Making a fetish out of the family. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 34? He said, don't think that I came to bring peace to the world. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword to put and set a man against his father, to set a woman against her mother. By the way, when's the last time you saw that verse on a Christmas card? <laughs> and Jesus wasn't saying there's anything wrong with the family, but what he was saying is, if it ever comes down to choosing following God or your family, you choose God every time. And that's what he's talking about here. If you're going to be a disciple, it means following Jesus in your priorities, making him first in everything. Okay, what does it mean to burn the ships? Hold on to your pews. Some of you are going to get upset in just a minute here. It also means getting rid of your prejudices. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, it means laying aside your prejudices. You know, you know the rap against Jesus by the Pharisees. He hung out with sinners and tax gatherers. People hated the tax gatherers. So what did Jesus do? Did he say, well, I better clean up my reputation? No, he just doubled down. In fact, in Matthew 9, verse 9, it says, Jesus saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. Some of the disciples had a problem with that. I mean, why would you choose a tax gatherer to be one of us? You see, they had their own criteria in mind of who could be a follower of Jesus. I think Jesus did that to remind people that like Samuel the prophet says, God does not see as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If we're going to be all in in our commitment to Christ, we can't limit other disciples by our own prejudices. And we do that today. We decide who can and cannot be a disciple along with us. We tend to limit people's service to God by their race or by their economic background or yes, even by their politics. 
Now, let me be real clear here. When I'm talking about politics, I'm not talking about issues like the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage and religious liberty. Those aren't political issues. Those are biblical, spiritual issues. Okay. But what I am talking about are purely political issues, immigration policy, taxation policy, health care. You know, a lot of Christians are concerned, boy, unless you embrace every plank of the Republican Party, you can't be a Christian, a follower. No. If you don't believe you can be a political liberal and a strong Christian, let me introduce you to somebody. Her name is Kirsten Powers. She is the liberal pundit. I can't hardly bring myself to say, but CNN, I think I'm allowed to say that one time a year, but she's on CNN. But did you know she is an anti-abortion evangelical Christian? In fact, she writes about her conversion in an article in Christianity Today. She said, if there was one thing in which I was completely secure, it was that I would never adhere to any religion, especially to evangelical Christianity, which I held in particular contempt. But through her conversation with and the prayers of a former boyfriend, her resolve began to crack. She wrote, my whole world was imploding. How was I going to tell my family or friends about what had happened? Nobody would understand. I didn't understand. It says a lot about the family in which I grew up that one of my most pressing concerns was that Christians would try to turn me into a Republican. (laughs) Then one day, after attending a Bible study, she accepted Christ as her Savior, and her life changed forever. She said the world looked entirely different, like a veil had been lifted off it. I had not one iota of doubt. I was filled with indescribable joy. The hound of heaven had pursued me and caught me, whether I liked it or not. Everybody doesn't have to believe like you believe to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Everybody doesn't have to believe like I believe to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If we're going to be an all-in disciple for Christ, we've got to lay aside our prejudices. Thirdly, following Christ with a full, not a divided heart means getting your pleasures aligned with God's will. Getting your pleasures aligned with God's will. Now, God never condemns pleasure. In fact, he extols pleasure. In Ecclesiastes 2, verses 24 and 25, Solomon says, there is nothing better for a man than to eat and to drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This is also what I've seen, that it is from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? God wants us to experience pleasure. The problem is when pleasure becomes our overarching purpose in life. That's when it strangles out spiritual growth in our life. When we become absorbed with pleasure, we are really becoming absorbed with ourselves. Jesus warned against that danger in Luke 8, verse 14, the parable about the soil that fell on different kinds of ground. And of course, the seed was representative of the word of God. The ground represented different kinds of responses to the word of God. Remember his words in Luke 8, 14, and the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and the pleasures of this life, 
and bring no fruit to maturity. Concentrating on pleasure, pleasing yourself, can choke out spiritual growth in your life. In Matthew 16, verse 24, the passage we're looking at, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, sometimes Christians talk about self-denial in order to follow Christ. And they think, oh, well, that means I'm going to push back that extra piece of pie at dessert or give up watching 30 minutes of television so I can read my Bible. We, people talk about what they're giving up for Lent, you know, in order to follow God and they pick something they don't care about that much anyway. I'm giving this up for Lent. We come up with this superficial meaning of what it means to deny ourselves. You know, if only it were that easy, pushing back an extra piece of dessert or turning off the television, what Jesus is talking about is much more difficult. As somebody once said, following Christ doesn't involve just a makeover of our lives. It involves a takeover of our lives. When we truly deny ourselves, we're saying, God, whenever there is a conflict between your will and my will, your will is going to win not just some of the time, but every time. That's what we mean when we say aligning our pleasures with God's will. Finally, an all-in commitment to Christ, burning the ships in our commitment to Christ means getting a handle on your possessions. Getting a handle on your possessions. If you make that all-out decision to follow Christ, don't be surprised if soon after you make that commitment, God doesn't send a test in your life to see if you're all in or not. Remember bumper stickers? People used to have bumper stickers all the time. There used to be one back in the 70s. It used to say, honk if you love Jesus. And all these idiots would be driving around honking their horn, you know. Honk. I didn't know on the tollway there were so many people who loved Jesus. But you know, it was honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> My dad, he was so funny. He had another bumper sticker. It said, tithe if you love Jesus. Any idiot can honk. <laughs> Sometimes God sends those tests into our life to see if we really love Jesus. Remember the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus, Matthew 19? He said, well, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He thought there was something you could do. And Jesus said, oh, you want to go by the work system? Fine. If you want to inherit eternal life, just keep the commandments, especially the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth ones. If you do those things, you'll go to heaven. He said, oh, well, I've kept all of those commandments since my youth. Jesus said, really? Really? I didn't realize I was in the presence of such a holy man. Well, then there's only one little thing you need to do in order to inherit eternal life. Verse 21, he said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. For somebody as holy as you are, now that's not a problem, is it? The Bible says the man said nothing and walked away. Jesus wasn't teaching that this man could buy his way into heaven. What he was saying was, how you hold your possessions is like an x-ray into the condition of your spiritual life, your heart. If you want to know if you're really following Jesus, if you're really a believer, how do you respond when those occasional times come when God says, hey, I want some of what's in your hand? You see, people who are trying to serve themselves hold on to their possessions tightly. 
But all in disciples of Christ hold their possessions loosely. So that when God occasionally says, hey, I want some of that, we're not trying to hang on to it. Holding your possessions loosely. Every now and then there comes a test in your life. When God says, are you really serving me or are you serving yourself? Those who want to be all in disciples are people who get their possessions aligned with God's will for their life. Now, burning the ships and following Jesus is not easy. It's certainly not for cowards. It requires courage. For Elijah, that courage meant being willing to confront 850 sword-wielding prophets of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. For you, going all in in your commitment of Christ means deciding who is really in control of your life. Is it you or is it God? A Zimbabwean pastor wrote about what it meant to be all in, to burn the ships, to follow Jesus until the very end. Just before his martyrdom, this young man wrote his declaration of discipleship. Listen to it. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit's power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow and my way rough. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. I will not hesitate in the presence of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go until he comes, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me, for my banner will be clear. That is the cost. That is the requirement of those who would follow God completely and those who want to live an extraordinary life. It's exciting to realize that people all over the world right now are choosing to go all in for God. They're ready to burn the ships. And that's what this ministry is all about. At Pathway to Victory, we take great delight in exposing people to the light of God's Word in order to draw them into alignment with His plan. And in doing so, men and women discover the joy that comes from fulfilling their God-given purpose. If you're ready to burn the ships and follow God's call on your life as well, let me urge you to get in touch with Pathway to Victory today and request your copy of my book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life. God's Seven Secrets for Success and Significance. This book is a national bestseller, and it's the book that has been the basis for our study this month on the life of Elijah. Many are using my book for their small group Bible study or Sunday school class, and you can as well, because the book comes with its own separate life application guide to get the discussion going. A copy of my book and the Life Application Guide are yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory 
Plus, I'll also send you a complimentary copy of the Elijah map. This six-panel brochure shows you the geographical location of the highs and lows of the Bible's greatest prophet. And it's a great companion resource for my book and this series. Let me close today by saying thank you for your generous support. It's your generous support that allows us to broadcast these messages all across America and around the world. Thank you so much for your generous giving. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You're invited to request a copy of the best-selling book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life, along with the Life Application Guide, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. As an added bonus, you'll also receive a copy of The Elijah Map. To request your copy of these resources, call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you both the CD and DVD sets for the Choosing the Extraordinary Life teaching series. Again, call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. You could also send your request by mail. Just write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Wishing you a great weekend. Then join us again Monday for Secret Number 5, Practicing the Principles of Powerful Praying, right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives and the Plain of Megiddo. Isn't it time to see these remarkable sights for yourself? Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel. To learn more, go to ptv.org.